Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to Every Version Ever. As I've done the past two years this summer, I'm planning to do a bunch of different versions of Alice in Wonderland, and this year I'll be throwing Through the Looking Glass into the mix as well, starting with today's episode on the 1973 BBC adaptation. Now, just an FYI, I'm currently working on several projects at once, in addition to my day job, so both to buy me some time as well as to introduce podcast listeners to several movies I've covered in years past, I'll be going back to my archives and re-releasing several episodes of my original YouTube series, Wonderland Wednesday, as episodes of the podcast. And now, while these are re-releases, I'm also making them into extended episodes by editing back-end content that I had cut when I was trying to do short YouTube reviews. I guess I'm not saving myself that much time by going back and re-editing them, but I was practically making podcasts long before I was actually making podcasts, and I think these reviews are better with all the cut stuff added back in. The first few episodes this summer will be extended versions of old Wonderland Wednesday episodes, and then I'll start intercutting in some old episodes with a bunch of brand new ones. Anyway, that's all for now. Let's get on with today's episode looking at the 1973 BBC television film Alice Through the Looking Glass. Jaws that bite, the claws that catch. Beware the jub-jub bird, and shun the frumious bandersnatch. Hey everyone, welcome back to Wonderland Wednesday. Today we are talking about Through the Looking Glass, another BBC adaptation. This one is from 1973, and I don't think we liked it nearly as much as we liked the 1986 Alice in Wonderland no. adaptation. This one was very strange. It was strange for Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, and I haven't read the book in years, Through the Looking Glass, probably even longer than it's been since I read Alice in Wonderland. So I don't know if the strangeness was supposed to be like this, or if... I recognized a fair amount of stuff, but there were different things that made it kind of weird or tacky. Yeah, the special effects ranged from barely passable to downright awful <laughs> and at times laugh out loud horrible <laughs> well he felt that way about the jabberwocky oh get there. yeah they had a cute kitten for dinah that is true and i will say that as bad as the special effects and things were the acting was all almost all top notch like Alice was great. I, we really liked the queens. The Red Queen in particular was yes. one of the best parts of the movie. So the acting really helped elevate this because without the acting, this would have been a downright awful adaptation. One of the first things, one of the big things that made me want to watch this one is that they actually had a little girl playing Alice. So the lines she delivered were mm -hmm. more fitting. And she was a really good actress. She, other than the Red Queen, she was probably the best actress in this. Uh, the Red Queen was really good. I mean, the Red Queen is the best, but Alice okay. is like... They actually had the flower people this time, and he was rather impressed because they seemed to have a green screen effect where you had the human heads with the flower around, but it just looks like stems, and they seemed to use a lot of green screen, and I don't think it was... It wasn't flawless. No, the flowers were probably the best use of the effect. A lot of times in the backgrounds, you could see different things like wrinkled material that wasn't 
quite getting keyed out of the picture. The backgrounds were fine. They were all like hand drawn, but they were not superimposing the characters onto them correctly because the the characters would like move around while the backgrounds were still. It created an odd visual effect. Yeah, and I don't think it was purposeful. I think it was just they weren't entirely sure what they were doing, and that's just how it ended up turning out. I feel like this might be a good version for kids because of all of the illustration in it, but that was a little bit of a letdown for me. I mean, you're in England. You can totally incorporate real forests and gardens mm -hmm. and whatever, and they it, didn't. No, you could clearly tell that this was all filmed on a soundstage. And what on did the green been, screen. And maybe they did that because of some of the effects that they wanted to do, but I would have loved to see more of the British landscape, mm -hmm. and it probably would have been a lot cheaper. <laughs> well, again, this is the BBC in the 70s, so they did not have a very big budget, so they probably couldn't afford to go out on location and get extremely good costumes. This was like the but level of... Doctor Who at that time. But how much did it costumes. cost to make all of those painted backgrounds? I don't know. I don't know. A lot, I don't a know lot what less, the cost was. A lot less than it would have taken to like go out and then build maybe, things. Maybe take a cue from the 1903 version. Just go find a park somewhere. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no. It, the, you could tell they were doing the best with what they had, but their best wasn't good enough. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, she was really cute. Yes. And he was really hoping that the Jabberwocky would not be a puppet or something, yes. and it was. And the I was hoping that the Jabberwocky would just be an illustration because, with the level of special effects that I had seen before that point in the film, I knew it wasn't going to turn out very well. So I was hoping they would stick with an illustration, and they did not. It looked like a really bad Muppet, and when it screamed, it sounded like Miss Piggy being tortured. <laughs> then you have this little boy wandering off with a, a head. It was just, it was... It was really strange. One of the things that makes this... Okay, one of the good things about this version is that they do include a lot of dialogue from the book. The scene with the White Knight took too long. We were both tired yes. of it before it was over. But when you get, say, the Queens, mm -hmm. some of the clever, funny dialogue is great in there, even if the special effects weren't that great. And the Red Queen did an awesome job portraying her character. And I really liked the White Queen, too. They're two very different personalities. And I can see in this one scene, Alice is sitting in between the two of them, how they really mimicked the style of the original illustration and the way that they portrayed them. I really liked that. Every scene with the Queens was probably the best scenes of the movie, probably, I would say. Probably, yeah. Because the actresses were all great. The costumes were all really good for them. Some of the costumes were not the greatest, but the queens were probably some of the best costumes in the film, I would say. And I rather liked the White King's character, too. 
His messengers needed some pants. I don't know. They had them in sort of this medieval garb, but it was kind of like 70s shorts length. It was very strange. The Mad Hatter and the March Hare looked like they were wearing weird little dresses, and they weren't wearing anything underneath them. They were, well, maybe they had some little shorts on or something, but it was just kind of like, okay. You were seeing seeing a fair bit too much leg (laughs) than I would have preferred. A 1970s amount of man leg. It was, it was just kind kind of of odd. Awkward. (laughs) I appreciated the train scene, how they had the guy with the sort of newspaper-looking outfit. The train scene, I didn't know what to make of because, like I said, I haven't read the book in so long, so it seemed to come out of nowhere and then end just as abruptly. But I remember this strange train scene from the book. Also, the strange shop scene, which I would have liked to see them do a better job with. It would have really benefited from a real shop setting oh, but yes. they just did illustrations and it could have been really strange it as it's supposed really to be it's supposed to be really strange but it could have been strange in a much better way with the white queen when she turned into a sheep and they were doing things together it's not going to make that much sense in the book but it really didn't make sense the way they did it in this movie one of the worst special effects as everything was a painted background they had to interact with some of the stuff they were touching but at one point the sheep put something on the counter the characters and the thing she's put on the counter are all moving and the background is still was just a terrible special effect they really could have done this better all they had to do was build a very simple setup to film on and it would have looked so much better than it did And they could have just done really quick shots and just moved stuff around. It wouldn't have had to be anything Mm -hmm. really fancy. And it probably would have looked creepy because I think it was supposed to be a dimly lit shop. Yeah. That would have been really creepy with a giant living sheep talking to you in a dimly lit shop. (laughs) One of the things I would like to point out about this version, which I didn't, I don't know if I thought about it or read the fo- any sort of footnote on it when I was first reading through The Looking Glass. Um, you have the whole bit with the lion and the unicorn, and it's taken from a rhyme. But in British culture, the unicorn is Scotland and the lion is England. And, of course, a lot of history of conflict there. So I really want people to when they're, to look at that aspect of it when they're reading this story because I really find it interesting how Lewis Carroll could have incorporated all of these historically significant things into the book. It's going to make it a lot less weird and you can see where he would take some of these things and just have fun with them or maybe make them come out in a way that a child might see them like they're really confusing so what might Mm -hmm. this look like if you didn't know what it meant in the mind of a child and you might end up with a scene like what they have in the book which the book is probably going to be a better place to get this context and this scene because this scene was just very weird and the costumes were very distractingly bad I thought except the unicorn's mouth moved very well unlike the sheep whose mouth hardly moved at all so I did appreciate that, but the lion looked like a Wizard of Oz lion ripoff. 
And in spite of the costuming, they did have some fun dialogue in yeah. that scene. As well as Humpty Dumpty, like, I don't know how much I liked the way they did the face on Humpty Dumpty. No, his cost his bad. costume was okay, but there was some funny dialogue. Yes. So that's one of the high points of this movie, like I'm saying. The dialogue and the acting. And both of those helped to elevate this yeah. far beyond what it looks like on the outside. Yes. So I really didn't care for the end scene. The party was just kind of creep- Random and creepy. raucous and strange. Creepy and icky looking. It's not, you look at it, it's like, that's not a party that I want to be at. No. And I felt like the ending of it was kind of awkward. Yes, it seemed true to the book. And then she, you know, the end of the party. And then she's back in the room, like, waking up and shaking the kitten. Because the, in the dream, she's shaking the Red Queen and then she's shaking the kitten. No kittens were harmed mm-hmm. in the shaking of the kitten. It was a very See, gentle. Yes. Jostle. Little jiggle. Yes. (laughs) Kitten jiggle. (laughs) Um, And the ending was okay. Maybe a little bit odd. They sort Mm -hmm. of, you know, the white cat was supposed to be the white queen and the black kitten was supposed to be the red queen. And it it was alright. It was alright. So my initial reaction when finishing this was would be to say, um, no, don't bother. But now that we've talked about it, there really were positives. It had some positives mixed in with the negatives. Yeah. It was not it was not a horrible version, but it wasn't the greatest version. No, I mean if you really with that if if you wanted to get the flavor of some of the dialogue without reading the book I would say that this would be a pretty good version Mm -hmm. to go to if you wanted sort of a cartoony version to show to a child maybe go to this one maybe forward through the Jabberwocky because I could see where that could scare a four-year-old it might make him laugh but it could probably scare a four-year-old. It made me laugh for how horribly bad it was. It did have big teeth and glowing eyes so when I was a child I maybe I would have been scared I don't know. And with the whole carrying off the head thing, that might not True. <laughs> if you're a sensitive child, this is not yes, a good not version to watch. For sensitive children. Um, I could see, maybe for homeschooling purposes, educational purposes, maybe show this to your kids. Or if you want to feel for the dialogue without reading the book, it's fairly reliable, I think. But if you're looking for a really fun, entertaining version with top-notch special effects, this is not it. If you want it to be very visually pleasing, then no. Look elsewhere. No. There are other versions of Through the Looking Glass that we haven't watched yet. I'm hoping that one will be a little better than this. Or just read the book and look at the cool illustrations, because the illustrations in the book are great. So... I don't know. Maybe three stars. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't really been starring them no, up until prob- now, but we probably three stars. shouldn't. We probably shouldn't even start on that. We sort of recommend it. <laughs> yeah, that's about that's about it. We sort of recommend it. If if you like 
if you're the kind of person who watches old movies because they're bad, like bad special effects. People do that? Oh, yes. It's very popular just to riff on them. Watch this one! (laughs) Yes, if you like to watch old movies that have bad special effects just because of how bad they are, we recommend this one. But if you're actually looking for a really good version, there's probably going to be something better out there. And and we already stated positives. Not yes. just like if you like bad special effects. Mm-hmm. The acting was good. And <laughs> the acting was good and there was some good dialogue. Yes, definitely. And yeah, we liked the Red Queen and the White Queen and Alice. They were the best as well as Dinah. <laughs> Dinah, the cat who didn't say anything. <laughs> well, I think that's all for today's Wonderland Wednesday. We're not sure what we're going to watch next time yet. We have a few that we've been looking at, but we haven't made a decision yet. So I guess you'll be as surprised as we are when we figure it out. So we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Every Version Ever. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to the Every Version Ever YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well. Any relevant links will be in the description for easy access. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.